cul-de-sac contemplating murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record hope got Hey everybody, welcome back to the 27th episode of Culper's Canteen Cup, better known as the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier and the land of stolen childhood dreams episode. If you tune into the YouTube uh, bonus uh, features afterwards on YouTube, you can uh, check out what exactly what the hell I'm talking about. Thanks for everybody for listening to us. You know, we, we had a rambunctious little uh, pregame show here and I'm uh, still trying not to laugh from it. Thanks to Carlton Zeus for that great intro music. We might tell a couple Carlton Zeus stories later on in the episode. And it's a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to leave it to Josh to decide exactly what we're going to cover. I think uh, Joe Biden picked somebody for something, sniffed somebody's hair, decided she smelled the best. I don't know, but we're going to kick it off. <laughs> we're going to kick it off. And man, I'm just excited for the debates coming up. And I, I'm, we're still figuring out how we're going to do that live. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to have to be Facebook Live. I think all three of us can get on and look at comments at the same time. But, uh, boy, it's going to be a good season. So, Josh, I'm going to kick it to you. You can tell us what we're covering this time. All right. Thanks, Luke. So we were going to cover a, uh, a transition episode, right? So, you know, Roger and I both retired. Luke quit halfway through. And uh, so we, you know, <laughs> we had a couple people uh, – Submit. Was it halfway? Did he actually go halfway? Did you actually nope. go halfway? Less than half. Nine point five. Oh, less than half. Um, well, so you know, we, we we've all had kind of different experiences in our in our transition. You know, kind of you know an ETS. Uh, you know, getting out prior to retirement. You know, then you know Roger retired, went straight into the private sector. I retired, um, and now I'm a uh, a blood sucking government contractor, and. You know, we've had a few people submit kind of their, you know, their transition stories and kind of what they did and what they dealt with. And we were going to do an episode to tell you how to do it, tell you how to do it right, you know, learn from our mistakes and uh, and everything. But thanks to Joe Biden, he screwed all that up yesterday by announcing his VP pick. So we got to talk about the 500 pound gorilla in the room. Right. Um, That 500 pound gorilla named Kamala Harris. So, you know, Kamala it just uh, Joe Biden. I I didn't pick her as you know the person he was going to pick. I thought it was going to be Val Demings or Michelle Obama. Uh, you, know, you guys were talking Susan Rice, or at least I think Roger was talking Susan Rice. I forget who Luke called. I don't listen to him half the time anyway. And uh, <laughs> so you know Kamala Harris. When you go back and you look at it, Joe Biden doesn't need any help in California. You know, I think Luke made the comment uh, on somewhere that, you know, you, Joe Biden could have picked Pol Pot's ghost and he would have had California locked up, you know. So but I think I think Kamala gives that name recognition. Uh, my wife pointed out, you know, she probably appeals to a lot of uh, a lot of people who don't uh, that due diligence, not necessarily their strong suit when they go in and look at her, you know, her record as you know the the attorney general for california you know especially in this year this year of fucking murder hornets and george floyd and covid and uh you know earthquakes you guys know we had an earthquake in north carolina uh a couple days ago dude i saw we started that. it yeah, yeah we started the that. week on monday with a hurricane we ended it on friday with you know friday saturday with an earthquake uh, 2020 straight wild. So, you know, the year that has brought us the Tiger King also brought us, even after 
you know, these last couple of months of peaceful protests, um, peaceful protests disguised as riots, uh, riots disguised as peaceful protests, however you want to look at them. It not only brought us that, it brought us, you know, this whole renewed view on race and, you know, how bad slavery was, and it was bad, right? And how, you know, anything with any slavery nexus had to be torn down, had to be, you know, names off of buildings because they were slave owners, you know, um, or they had, you know, there's some nexus to slavery. We have now come fucking full circle. Now we have one of the major political parties of the United States has now nominated as their vice presidential candidate, someone who has descended from slave owners. Like, uh, I don't, you know what? I don't even, I don't know that the rules matter anymore. I don't know if we're just like, fuck it, like everybody's just going to ignore that fact. Um, and we're going to continue virtue signaling about other things. And we're going to talk about how everybody should stay home because of the children, you know, cause everybody's all worried about the children, you know, um, and especially, you know, well, except for the people who are good with full term abortions, uh, which is the same, uh, stance that Kamala Harris has. She'll talk about, you know, protecting the children, unless you get an abortion, then she's going to put a pair of, uh, you know, scissors through their skull and, uh, and rip them out of their mother. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to kick it over to Roger and uh, get his uh, his thoughts on uh, on this one. Well, I tell you, I was uh, I, you know I was on the the Susan Rice bandwagon, and I was genuinely shocked yesterday when I heard Kamala Harris was was the pick. Uh, I, I think we all knew, right? We all knew that she was in the top two, top three. I, mean, I think reasonably in my mind, I knew she was in the top two, but I honestly did not believe that she was going to be selected because of the amount of baggage she brings and the fact that. Uh, you know, she doesn't really do a whole lot to help, you know, the Biden ticket. So when I, when I heard that, I was kind of like, wow, that, that's, that's very surprising. Cause from what I can tell, and I, and I don't have any inside knowledge on this, but from what I can tell, we can go into a little bit of Kamala's background here in a minute, but from what I've heard and, and through the pundits, one of the reasons why I felt that Susan Rice was going to be the pick was that the Biden campaign and Biden himself doesn't get along well with Kamala Harris. I mean, when you look at, I mean, well, not even, I don't even, I won't even touch on the hypocrisy that Josh has brought on because you've got that. We can go into the Kavanaugh hearings. We go into the, you know, when she was uh, the DA of San Francisco, I think she actually worked like with the sex crimes prosecutions. So it's kind of odd, right? Because doesn't Joe Biden, didn't he have like 14 either reports or allegations or whatever you want to call it? And I think one might even still be ongoing. So that's kind of crazy. And then I think she just stopped short of, of calling him a, a full-blown racist. Uh, during one of the debates. But I think because of all that, I was absolutely shocked that they picked her because I don't think that he actually likes her. I mean, I don't, uh, you know, from those that, uh, that I heard, you know, again, through the pundits and TV, I don't know anybody, but they were, they were talking about Biden just really genuinely doesn't uh, have a, a liking for, for Kamala Harris. And then I think it goes back to what did she bring to the table? And, and I'll ask Luke this. I mean, she already brings, she's from California. So California is not voting Republican anytime in the near future. So she doesn't bring you any more electoral votes. And I'll tell you, here's why it makes a difference. So I'll back it up just a little bit, because generally speaking, nobody gives a shit about the vice president, right? The vice president has, uh, they do one vice presidential debate. Nobody really gives a shit. But I think there's a bigger play here. And I, you know, Josh said it a couple times and he said it for a couple months and I kind of blew it off. But, you know, now that I was thinking about it, when you look at the whole Michelle Obama piece, this 
decision is critical because there's a very, in my mind, there's a very good chance that Joe Biden doesn't finish out his first term. And going back to the, I think it's the 22nd Amendment to the Constitution, uh, the two-year term limit is the, that's the mark, the two-year mark. So you can effectively serve 10 years as a president. And we know that it's it's hard to beat an incumbent. Now, granted, you know, they may prove that a little different this go around if Trump actually loses, but it's hard to beat an incumbent. So at first I was kind of blowing off Josh's, uh, you know, theory that, you know, Michelle's going to come in late to the game and this and that. And now that I think about it, I'm actually kind of surprised. It's like, wow, you could have actually put Michelle Obama, right, made her the VP pick. He would have probably won. I mean, maybe he does still go on to win. But, you know, I think the odds uh, sway a little more in his favor with Michelle as the VP pick. He does his two years, steps aside because of physical issues or mental issues or whatever. Uh, The VP steps up, does the two years. And, oh, by the way, they can run for an additional two terms, so effectively serving as 10 years. So that's why this – I think with this one here, it's so important – that generally speaking, the president does their thing. They've got their own stances. They've got their own policies or whatever. But uh, Luke, I mean, do you agree that whoever, well, I guess now it's Kamala, if, if she actually, if they actually win, she's going to have a lot more input and a lot more effect on the, you know, presidency, the, the policies and, uh, you know, national strategies. I mean, do you think she'll have more say than a typical vice president would in a, in a typical you know, election? No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't. I don't think she'll she'll have any sway like that. Um, I think it'll be a typical vice president. Uh, you know, the more I digest it and think about uh, Kamala Harris, I guess to balance out any, you know, to bring her on the ticket to balance out any of the uh, racist, weird, racially questionable things that Joe Biden is saying. Maybe balance out his record on the busing, which is what they got into an argument about during the debate. Maybe it's just a whole balancing act. Um, one thing's for sure: there's there's definitely more energy in the Biden uh, Harris campaign now. That's for sure. I mean, more than there was last week. So you know, people are talking. You know, uh, I, I've seen a number of different articles. I heard uh, what's that? Donna Brazil talking about how you know, well, this is great. You know, to have an African American woman and she's strong and she's all this. And then there was an article from NPR saying. Well, India, this is a, a great step forward for Indian Americans. It's like, what the fuck? Okay, you know, when Obama was running way back in the day, I said, you know, he's everything to everyone and he's nothing to nobody. You know, he's, he's just like, he was everything. You want a guy who's, who's clean cut? There's Obama. You want a black guy who's whatever, first black president? He's that. You want a guy who's, yeah, whatever. He, he was half black, half white. Kamala Harris is half black, half Indian. So she's, you know, they're, they're just make. they're all, it's already starting with all the nonsense. I, you know, the nonsense, I, I, you know, I use Wikipedia a lot. I try to look at the, people laugh at me for that, but I mean, what the fuck? You're going to type a, type something into Google, look something up. That's just as laughable these days as looking it up on Wikipedia. So I don't want to hear your bullshit. All right. At least Wikipedia cites everything or at least tries to, <laughs> but I looked at all, almost, almost all of the candidates, uh, for the Democrat nomination. I looked them all up on Wikipedia. <laughs> I, I looked up her entry today. It's like three to, three or four, maybe even six times longer than it was three months ago. And there is nothing on the Wikipedia questioning anything that she's ever done that's negative. I mean, she was a prosecutor for a long time. I mean, even if you're a good prosecutor, 
even if you're a good DA, there's still going to be question people, you know, questioning your decisions on some things. I mean, no, there's there's hard there's hardly anything. There, there's probably not a DA out there that was all positive. There's no such thing as a universally loved DA. But if you look at her page, boy, she was universally loved. Oh my gosh, everybody loves her. You know, I I'm just underwhelmed, and my wife is all pissed off about Kamala Harris. I don't know why. I, I still need to talk to her about that. She's on my ass. Like, why aren't you more mad about it? And I'm like, well, look who he had to choose from. I mean. You know, I know you guys bagged on Tulsi Gabbard a lot. I, don't, I agreed with maybe 15% of what she was saying, but at least she was a vet. I don't know. I, Tulsi didn't rub me the wrong way, perhaps because she stood up to uh, to both Kamala Harris and uh, and Hillary Clinton. I mean, she just did not give a fuck, and I, I appreciate that. That's a little bit of the outsider politician type thing. But, you know, look who you had to choose from. I mean, who, who else? I mean, it's just I'm so lackadaisical about this now and i still kind of fall back on my they're they don't care if they lose i'm not saying they're trying to lose but i don't think they care if they lose i still think that michelle obama might definitely if they lose this time around the democrats i think that michelle obama is i I, if they can convince her she's a shoe-in for 2024 and I think the DNC and their, their strategy sessions are talking about that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with Rogers. Just like I, I, I would have been less surprised at uh, at Susan Rice. Definitely less surprised at that. I had said Val Demings. Josh, you and I last on the last podcast, I think we said that of those that we had named besides Susan Rice, Kamala Harris has that. You know, you could almost see her. Not that I would want to. But you could almost see her up there as president. You know, she carries herself in that kind of way. Can you see Stacey Abrams? Come on. Even Val Demings? No. You know, you go down the list. I mean, even honestly, to me, Kamala Harris looks more presidential than Pocahontas. I I mean, uh, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, she just has that (laughs) air about her. And maybe it's the upbringing and all the money around her and people telling her she's great, but she I think that's part. That was part of the decision making process too. It's like, okay, Joe Biden's old. Who do we put as a face on this? A young, executive-looking face. And I think that I think that Kamala Harris has that. I don't agree with any of her policies. You know, I I, I don't like her too much as a person. But you know, you can see her in that presidential role, kind of. You know, what do you think, Josh? What what am I trying to say here? Break it down for me. No, I agree. She carries herself and she has that. She just has that look. I see her sitting in the Oval Office. God help us all. Um, and just, but when you, but that's all it is. It's a facade, right? That's, that's all it is. Cause once you scratch that veneer, like the, the, the shit that comes out. Right. And so you talked a little bit about it. You know, there was nothing negative about Kamala Harris out there on Wikipedia. You know, you had to dig for it. And so that's, by design, because we know that Google and we know that, you know, a lot of Silicon Valley, you know, they're in bed with the far left because that's where most of those, that ideology is, is bred and instilled out there in that incestuous cesspool of, of filth, um, known as, uh, known as San Francisco and Berkeley and basically all of California, uh, minus the Sierra Nevadas. 
But when you take a look and just, you know, you, you take a quick look, one thing about Kamala Harris that came up, I believe it was Tulsi had it in an ad during the debates was that in 2010, there was a technician at a, uh, a crime lab in California got caught skimming Coke uh, from the, you know, from evidence that was, that was rolling through and mishandling and, and mishandling evidence. Right. Uh, in addition to, you know, doing, doing a line here and there from the Coke that, you know, rolled through. Um, so Kamala Harris found this out and you know what she did? She did not disclose this to any of the defense attorneys in any of these cases, right? You have someone working in a crime lab with evidence, mishandling it, stealing it, manipulating it. They threw out more than 600 drug-related cases. Once it, once it finally all came to light, Kamala Harris knew this the entire time. So people were literally getting convicted and going to jail for drugs who knows if it was, you know, who knows how many were legit, how many weren't legit, but Kamala Harris knew about this and she did nothing. She, she tried to hide it. Right. Why she didn't get disbarred over that. I don't know. She also withheld exculpatory evidence from a black man who was on death row. Why, when they found out that she withheld exculpatory evidence, why was she not disbarred and immediately removed as the attorney general? I, I, I don't know, but probably a lot had to do because it's California and, you know, everybody out there is a moon bat. Um, I, I don't know. But Kamala Harris, people were like, oh, she's, you know, she's moderate. Anything, she is anything but moderate. She's anti-Second Amendment. She's for open borders. She wants to decriminalize illegal immigration. You know, she, she, she is for uh, nine-month, you know, final term She's for abortions. Uh, and she opposed the state initiative to soften minimum mandatory sentences. Isn't that what Trump did? And Trump started to do criminal justice reform, prison reform, right? All these other people talk about decriminalized drug laws and we got to, you know, the, you know, the, the prison for profit program and, you know, all this bad stuff about people breaking laws. And yet she had an opportunity to uh, soften some of those. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with, with comma that I have is, is the hypocrisy. It's everything about her. She, and I know I get it. Both sides do this. But I, Luke, you'll actually like this because I read this earlier, and I think maybe the New York Times may have put this out. So you, you have flip-flopping, and I don't have an issue with flip-flopping. I think, you know, as a person, as an individual, as a candidate, you learn new things. You, you know, you don't know everything about everything. So as you learn more information, you may have shifts in policy and what you believe in and, and all that other good stuff. But they actually call it oscillations between policy positions. That's what they call her flip-flopping. So it's not flip-flopping anymore. It's oscillations uh, between policy positions. Uh, let me rewind a little bit. So Luke brought this up, and, and listeners out there, we actually don't coordinate any of this shit before the show. We just kind of go off the cuff. But he talks about Wikipedia and the edit. So as of July 7th, uh, Kamala Harris's Wikipedia page had been edited over 500 times, which I think they, if I remember correctly, when they go back and they looked at uh, Sarah Palin, when they looked at Elizabeth Warren, I think Sarah Palin was like 68 times. 
I think Elizabeth Warren's page was edited 48 times and then it kind of goes down from there. So, you know, you could sit there and say, well, they knew it was going to be Kamala Harris all the way back in July because they've been edited over 500 times. But again, it goes back to the facade that that Josh was talking about where, okay, well, we need to start to mold this clay a little bit to meet the individual that we need or we need her to be. And that's where the hypocrisy goes back. It's and I think when you come out and you say she's a moderate compared to the right, compared to the GOP or Republicans, she is not a moderate. Uh, but when you look at the left and the far left and the squad and, and a lot of the way that they're going, a lot of her beliefs are in the middle. And I think that's that's probably where that's probably what led Joe Biden to pick her was to kind of bring it back to the center a little bit. Uh, Ilhan Omar, she just won her primary. Uh, you've got the squad. It looks like they're all going to be reelected. And I think they added one, right? I think there was a plus one somewhere, uh, I think Missouri or something like that. Yeah. They added, they added another batch of crazy one. So they, they add her. Uh, so I think you look at Kamala Harris, you say that, that, you know, she compared to everybody else. She, she is more of a moderate, uh, let's dive a little bit into her history. So 55 years old, born in, in Oakland. Uh, it's funny you mentioned the the whole black thing and, and, and uh, you know, Indian thing, because the other article I read was that she was also the first Asian uh, American. So I guess you can fit any bill that you want. Right. You, she, she fits them all. So mother's Indian, father's Jamaican. Uh, born in Oakland, but I guess because India now, according to the U.S. Census, uh, you are considered Asian uh, descent if you're from India or can claim that as well. So you've got the Indian, you've got the Asian, you've got the black, uh, Jamaican, and whatever else, female, whatever else that you that you wouldn't want to that classify be, that as. Wouldn't that, be a, uh, wouldn't that be a privilege to claim all of those? Uh, apparently not. As I mean, if you're, I guess, a black, female, Indian, Asian, maybe not. Maybe that's not privileged, only if you're white. So that, that's just my guess. So, you know, they, she'll claim whatever she needs to claim to, to fit that narrative to uh, to get those votes right. So, you know, whatever voting base that she needs, that's what she's going to claim. So, you know, spent time as the uh, former uh, San Francisco district attorney, seven years. Like I said, I think there she was doing some sex crimes prosecution. Uh, former AG of California did another six years there before she was elected to the Senate uh, in, in 2016. So, uh, you know, relatively junior senator. Uh, but when you look back at one, I don't even know a lot about our policies. I mean, I, I've gone through and Google Googled a couple of things. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of on our policies. The big one that they talk about, and this is where the oscillations between policy positions came up, was her health care. So at first it was, you know, she raised her hand, right? Health care for all. That, that was the Bernie Sanders thing. And, and who would do this? And, you know, talking about illegals, and she raised her hand. Well, then eventually she came out. Uh, and created her own healthcare policy where she said, well, you know what, we'd wrap in some of the private insurance. Uh, we wouldn't do a middle class tax increase. So she kind of moved a little bit more to the center from there. So that kind of goes back to the uh, the more moderate take. As far as the rest of her policies, I know Josh brought up a couple things. Uh, I haven't seen too many things. And, and Luke, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if you've read different, I haven't, I, I just assume what her policies are based on, you know, her being a Democrat as far as abortion, uh, taxes, uh, illegal immigration, but I haven't heard too many things specifically. And, and I don't know if it matters. This kind of goes back to, she's going to be the VP. Does it really matter what her stances are? Um, but I do believe that she will play more of a prominent role in those policies. Uh, the other thing, you know, I, I know I'm kind of jumping around here. Uh, you know, one of the uh, things that we left out was the Willie Brown thing, right? Uh, so she dated Willie Brown back in 1994. He was the 
the Speaker of uh, the California State Assembly. Uh, he appointed Kamala Harris to the Unemployment Insurance Appeals Board and the Medical Assistance Commission, which resulted in an increase of her salary of uh, $80,000 a year. So pretty pretty significant. Uh, oh, by the way, um, when they were dating during this time frame, let's not forget to mention that he was also married. And I get it. Him and his wife were, were estranged or whatever, but he was still married. Uh, and then I think he came out or at least a, a letter or something like this, what, a couple years ago saying, or I don't even know if it was a couple years ago. I think it was within the last year uh, that he absolutely influenced her career and had influence over her career. So, you know, you've got some some moral issues, I think, there. Um, so I don't know. You know, I think when you look at her, I, she might be a polis politician. You know, she's kind of jumped around all over the place. You know, she was against the death penalty. But as Josh mentioned, you've got the DNA evidence, which I think the guy is still on death row, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I think he is still on death row. And with the evidence that was just kind of like not brought up could actually be used to clear him. And we're not talking about it was like some random stuff. It was like, hey, at the time of the trial, DNA evidence was not available or wasn't present. Uh, they found some that they believe could could prove his innocence, and they refused to, to admit that. Uh, and again, I'm sure there's some more legalese behind all that, but I think this guy actually still sits on death row. So to be anti-death penalty, but you have evidence that could actually free somebody from being on death row, you don't bring that up. Uh, you got the body cams out there with the police officers where – you know, they were going to make it mandatory. Well, then it comes out. Well, she didn't really make it mandatory for everybody. She only made it mandatory for her own personal protection. Uh, so, I mean, it's, you know, 2011, you got the California Supreme Court, you know, ordered the reduction in the prison population due to overcrowding. And this is what actually gets me. And, and, and I think that was pretty legit. They were talking about the, you know, humanitarian conditions. You can't feed everybody and this and that. But what, and this is quoted, releasing them would drastically reduce the labor pool. That was her excuse. And then I think oh, when, when they actually when oh, they actually oh. brought it up to her, she was like, well, you know what? And, and I'm paraphrasing here. I'll actually have to go back and look to see what we actually said in court. So, like, like really? Like, so you, you the California Supreme Court said that you're going to release these folks. You choose not to. Uh, because you don't want to reduce the labor pool, but you don't even remember the argument or the basis of what you what you argued for or argued off of. So again, again, I think it just comes down, Luke. I mean, I think I see for me, it's I, I don't know if she's just a polished politician and she's able to kind of flip flop because you don't really you can't really peg her on anything specific. She does kind of sort of take a stance, but then some of her actions um, you know, don't necessarily coincide with the stance that she took. And I think when I look at the broader picture, and I'm not trying to paint anything rosy for, for the GOP or anything. Don't get me wrong. She, she is about as left as you can get. It seems like her, her rhetoric is as, a, as an extreme progressive, but then maybe some of her, most of her actions, or at least those that are publicized, are a little bit farther to the right. I mean, would that be accurate, or how do you see that? Uh, oscillations. I like that. Might oscillate a little bit here myself, answering your question. <laughs> Uh, but real quick before I get into that, I, I was looking at some of the, the citations and, and the massive Wikipedia entry for her. And the one I saw most often was San Francisco Chronicle. Check them out. HuffPo, Huffington Post, quite a few times. Uh, Washington Post, Old Faithful. And my personal favorite, Vox. Vox had like six entries. Can you believe that shit? So, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I, I'm 
the policy stuff, I think you're right. I think she's uh, good at oscillating. She's a she's a politician. She, I think it's been a uh, people have been polishing her for quite a while now, and a lot of a lot of deep pockets there in San Francisco have been polishing up that you know political side of it. Um, I I, I go back to how many votes is she going to actually pull in for Joe Biden? I mean, I don't think it really matters what where she stands. As, as far as her, her policy stances, how far left or, or whatever. I just don't know how many actual votes she's going to pull in for people who weren't going to vote or were thinking about voting for Trump. One thing's for sure, she's not orange man and she's not Pence. She's left of that, and that's all Democrats care about. The fence sitters out there would call them independents. I just don't – I guess, Pete, you know, if they really – you know, I'm going to be brutally honest. They really play up that race card and that female card, which – I don't know why we're even talking about gender. It's 2020, bigot. Why are you misogynist? Why are you talking about gender? What does that have to do with anything? But if they really play up those, you know, divisive intersectional type uh, qualities that she has, you'll get your, you know, enlightened soccer mom from the suburbs thinking, well, I'm I'm not going to vote for Orange Man. If I don't vote for her, that means I'm a bigot. So I guess she could pull in some of those votes where if, you know, Maybe Klobuchar had a point where you choose a white man and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get that fence sitter who is trying to virtue signal to all her friends at the wine club about how open minded she is or he. There's just as many he's as there are she's as far as that ilk. But, uh, you know, I I don't know. I'll I'll kick it back to you guys as far as like how many votes is she going to actually pull in? You know, uh, how many, especially California, I mean. I know there are a lot of smarter people than me, you know, strategizing about these things. That's for sure. That's not saying much, but they had a reason. I, I'm still trying to suss it out in my mind. But, you know, I don't know what you were asking for me, Roger. I think I answered it uh, pretty early on where I was like, I just don't think she's going to have much of a role as vice president if she is vice president. One thing that Josh and I were, were wondering about, I text him back and forth while Roger was on his eight hour conference call today about. Is, is Pence, when the, in, the, in the debate, is Pence going to take it to her? I can see it one way or the other. I can see, yes, he's going to take it to her, or no, he's absolutely not. I would love for him to bring up the fact that she, you know, blew her way up the ranks. I'd love to, for him to bring that up. Will he? I don't know. Will Trump? Probably, at some point. Uh, it'll be interesting to see that debate. You can bet you on know? it. Yeah. You know, he hasn't yet. He hasn't yet. I, I've been following that pretty close, but... Um, It'll be interesting to see that debate. Um, what do you think, Josh? No, Pence ain't gonna. Pence will not do that. Do Pence won't even have dinner with you know a woman that's not his wife, and you know he is absolutely not going to throw out there on the debate stage or anywhere else. He's not going to slut shame Kamala Harris, you know, and the fact that you know she banged Willie Brown while he was married, um, you know, so she could get her way to the make her way to the top, right? Mike Pence is not gonna, I don't see Mike Pence doing that. I totally see Trump doing that. Like I totally see Trump coming out and just straight at a rally, just straight throwing it down, man. Or even in the even in a debate with Joe Biden, which I you know if that happens, you know like Trump's gonna be like, this is the type of person you pick for your running mate. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I can totally see I can totally see the Don doing that, right? Because that's just his style. He's that brash New Yorker, and that's you know that's just how Mike Pence. Mike Pence is, you know, that is, that's just not his, not, not, not his thing. Um, 
And so Roger on that. Yeah. So there was DNA testing, uh, DNA that came up, the defendants in that case, uh, it's, his name is Kevin Cooper. The defense came up and said, we want this DNA tested. Um, you know, cause it, it possibly, you know, basically it's exculpatory evidence and it could you know show that our client did in fact not do this. She fought against even having that admitted into, uh, into court and, uh, admitted to be being, uh, to test the period. So that, yeah, he's still sitting in there. The other one she fought against, there was a guy who was accused by his stepdaughter, uh, his stepdaughter accused him of sexual assault and, you know, she testified. And so this guy, he's in, he's in jail right now, serving a 70 year, uh, life, uh, 70 year sentence. Well, after the conviction, come to find out the stepdaughter lied multiple times to police. And even the step came out and said that her daughter was a pathological liar. Kamala Harris and crew fought and fought and fought to having that evidence admitted um, into a court and, you know, re, I want to say, re, you know, having a, retri- a, a retrial, but they, uh, you know, they pushed it over to the, to the ninth district court of appeals. Um, and, you know, basically told the ninth, the ninth circuit that, well, he didn't bring this up in court, you know, during the time. So we don't think it, you know, we're not going to allow it in. And of course, at the time, the nutty ninth was truly the nutty ninth. They allowed it to stand. And, uh, so that guy's still in prison, you know, with, with evidence out there that could probably exonerate him of that crime. Um, and he's still sitting in prison thanks to, you know, vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris, so, you know, to wrap her up on that, uh, I just, she's not, you know, flip-flopping on issues or whatever they call it these days. You know, when I was growing up, we used to say that right there was somebody who was full of shit. And that's what Kamala Harris is. Kamala Harris is full of shit. She may be polished. She, she's definitely smart. She's not dumb. She knows, you know, she knows what to say, when to say it. Um, you know, and so, yeah, she's polished, she's, she's polishing, you know, she's, she's polished a few things, uh, you know, in her time to, uh, to get to where she is. <laughs> I was waiting for that. So, you know, <laughs> maybe Mike Pence will listen to this and take some notes for that, uh, for that VP debate. Um, I think it was, uh, Barack Obama came out, uh, yesterday or this morning and said that, uh, Joe Biden absolutely quote nailed it on uh his uh his vp pick and you know you know where the internet took that um <laughs> the internet just kind of took that and ran with it um you know as it as it often does but you say the vp candidate you know the vp doesn't matter in this election the vp absolutely fucking matters because joe biden will not see the end of his first term he will be 82 years old at the end of his first term if he's elected right you look at the cognitive decline that he has now, plus four years on that, dude does not he does he does not make it, right? At the you know, people want to talk about the twenty fifth amendment. At that point, you do have a twenty fifth amendment issue, right? People even said that about Reagan in his final year or two, that the Alzheimer's had already kicked in. And you can't have Joe Biden start talking like he did in that one Twitter video when he's sitting with a world leader, when he's got his finger on the button, you can't, you, you can't have that. Come on. People need to remember that when they go to the polls, people need to take a look at the Supreme court. What kind of judges are they going to appoint to the Supreme court? If Supreme court was important in 2016, it's just as important now, especially with that loony ass John Roberts, you know, up there, just kind of going off the reservation every now and then. So, 
I think it definitely matters. Um, all of this matters. The rules don't matter because the idiots out there, you know, who are going to vote because Orange Man bad. The people out there who are going to vote because you know they love, you know, they absolutely love them to Donald Trump, and you'll never tell tell them different. You know, those independents, they just they, they are going to be they, they're to keep voting this election for sure. So I got a couple questions uh, more for the broader audience. Are there even are, are there undecided voters out there? I, I, I have a feeling that there are aren't any undecided voters. I think the difference is what I what I believe is going to happen is that you have voters that will either show up to the polls or not, because I don't think there's anybody out there. And this is my personal opinion, and you guys can can go off on it, you know, after. But I don't think there's anybody out there that's like, hmm, do I really, you know, I'm, I'm kind of torn between Trump and 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 Biden. I just don't see that. So, but I, what I do see happening is some folks on the left, and maybe even some on the right, that are like, "I'm a Democrat, but fuck, man, I can't vote for Biden." Now, I don't believe they'll they'll turn around and vote for Trump. I just think they don't vote. And maybe you have you maybe I, I think the numbers are greater on that side, but you might even have some Trump voters or, or some some folks on the right that are like, "You know what? I'm a, I'm a Republican. No fucking way I can vote for Biden." But man, I just I can't vote for Trump either. So, you know, I do think that the I think it's probably two or three or maybe even four to one. Well, that happens on the left uh, opposed to the right. I just I'm not so sure. You know, kind of goes back to Luke's. Uh, you know, does she bring any votes? I don't think that she brings you any voters. I'm not sure there's any votes out there to be brought. Um, I guess the the better answer would be I'm not sure she brings any voters who are not going to vote. I don't know she brings any of them to the table. And I think Klobuchar would have. I think with Klobuchar, I think even all three of us here agree that she is. I mean, granted, she's on the left side of the aisle, but she is a truer moderate. Uh, when you really look at all your politicians out there. And she could actually, I believe, uh, bring some folks that uh, would not have voted or are going to stay home. She could have brought some of them to the table. Uh, a couple of things I want to say before I close it out and then kick it back over to uh, to Luke. Um, I think with Pence, I think he poses a challenge for her on, on the debate. I honestly believe so. So, you know, Kamala, she's known as, you know, as a prosecutor. She goes after, she gets fired up. And and those of us know, you know, it's that rapid fire, right? You get those emotions up, that logical uh, thinking goes out the door and you just boom, 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 you hit them. And that's kind of, we saw it during the Kavanaugh hearings. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen it some of our, we've seen it during some of the debates. But Pence is pretty freaking cool, man. I mean, he's kind of laid back. So, you know, I'm not sure that rapid fire, um, I'm not sure that that trying to get him heated. I mean, I agree with Josh that there's no way he's going to go down the road of, of calling her, a, you know, the, the Joe and Ho campaign or whatever in the hell it is. He's not going to go down that road. He's not going to talk about her polishing skills. He's going to stay very cool, calm and collected talking about, you know, the policies that, that they've had over the last four years. Uh, and I'm not sure that Kamala is going to be able to push those buttons uh, that she was able I mean, you saw it during the Kavanaugh hearings. During the Kavanaugh hearings, and Kavanaugh is kind of a, you know, uh, as far as his demeanor, he's, he's a lot like Trump, because he's, he's a fighter, he gets fired up, he gets emotional, and we saw that. I just don't think that works for Pence, and I'm not sure that when you when you bring that up to the, uh, in the vice presidential debate, vice presidential debates, I think that actually goes against her. Uh, the last thing I want to think, you know, or, or bring up, Christine Ford, Kavanaugh, I believe her. And I think that even with Joe Biden, right, wasn't it Joe Biden that just a couple months ago, uh, she was saying that, yeah, you know, every, I don't know, I, I think she may have just fallen short of, I believe, the accuser, but that's the road that she was going down. So mm -hmm. we talk about the hypocrisy, but it's like, how do you even reconcile that? 
I mean, one, she was a former prosecutor for sex crimes. And then you come out, you know, with, with the Kavanaugh hearing, you come out with all the accusations against Joe Biden, which, by the way, I do not believe that we have heard the last of that. I believe that stuff is going to come back around. But then, you know, I'm wondering as the DNC and, and as the handlers, like, how do you reconcile all of that? The I believe her, I believe the accusers, this and that. Well, then how are you the vice presidential candidate for somebody with all these accusations out there? So, you know, I think there's a lot to be said. I do believe that there is going to still be an October surprise. Um, you know, my final thoughts on it, uh, I think with the, I do still believe that the, the presidential debates are going to happen. Uh, you know, I think the only, there's a slim chance that the Biden campaign makes the stipulations for the debates, you know, so, um, I don't know, I guess so restrictive or so controlling that maybe that nobody agrees to anything, but I think that's, I think he has to show up for the debates. Uh, I think uh, Kamala, you know, I think she is going to definitely play a bigger role if she is the vice president. I don't know if she does well during the debates because I think of Pence's, uh, you know, Pence's demeanor. But uh, from here on out, I mean, I think it's I think the next thing I look forward to is is the presidential debate. I'm waiting for the, you know, the big showdown between uh, Trump and Biden. So that's kind of my uh, my final thoughts for this week, Luke. Yeah, to bring it back to the, the debates, I'm just so looking forward to that. I, I hope Josh is wrong. I'm on the fence, as usual. I'm oscillating between whether they'll uh, do the debates or not. I think they will, but uh, Josh's whole thing is they'll be virtual. Uh, you know, I hope not. I hope not, because we got to, for those of you uh, who, who've known uh, Roger, me, and Josh for a while, uh, we used to get on during the debates and have you know flame wars just talking. You know, even in the primaries, it was just a blast. And we're gonna we're gonna get on live and do that again. Uh, we're gonna figure that out. Uh, Josh was just talking about how we need a new platform. Skype isn't cutting it for us right now. We'll work on that. You know, back to Kamala Harris real quick. Uh, there's some good points, Roger. I, I you know look at the Hillary Clinton, all the people that did not show up because they just could not stand her. They just didn't show up because they couldn't stand her. Maybe Kamala Harris is kind of the anti-Hillary Clinton when it comes to that, for the people who didn't show up for Hillary Clinton because they just hated her. It's like, what's the hate? You know, okay, it's Kamala Harris, you know? Yeah, I'll show up for this one. So maybe she's in there just to give a little bit of energy. Uh, she's younger than Susan Rice. You know, maybe it's just an energy thing. Maybe they're hoping for the turnout. I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see. Uh, again, we were going to talk about transitions. I'm glad we didn't because... I thought we were going to talk about Roger and Josh's transition, you know, their transition from, <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad uh, Josh clarified that early on. We we're talking about transition from the military. You know, yes, I did get out of nine and a half years, but uh, newsflash to you guys, more people actually ETS and retire. So I do have a couple of things to say about that. So we'll talk about the transition in the, in the next episode. And uh, really appreciate y'all listening. A couple more things before we, we get going here. Hey, pick up the book, all right? If you haven't yet, stop talking shit and pick it up. Snafus, food bars, tar foods, and other sordid tales. Now, Josh and I have decided to go ahead and give 100% to charity. We're not. This is all going to the All Secure Foundation. We're trying to raise some money for them because right now is a tough time out there for some veterans. It always is a tough time. But, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of these veterans are still there in Syria. Iraq, Afghanistan, and let me tell you something, man, they're just not feeling the love. They're not feeling the love. None of us are. Everybody's forgotten about us. That's what it seems like. So there are a lot of veterans that need help out there. So go ahead and pick up the book. Uh, you know, we're going to do a couple of little uh, fun things. We're going to 
maybe do some giveaways, maybe a couple of challenges out there within the next few weeks. Uh, don't forget about Josh and I, the Battle of the Bulges. I haven't weighed in in about a week and a half, but I, I'm maintaining. I'm not even going to ask Josh. We're going to we're gonna wait. We're going <laughs> to, that's uh, September 4th is the last day, I believe, 3rd or 4th. I think it's September 4th will be 90 days. So that's coming up. Uh, I'm going to give a few shout outs to our faithful listeners. We'll try to do this every week, but honestly, we forget. All the Ryans out there, Marks, moms and dads, parents, family, and old Titus. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Thanks for everybody uh, for giving us the time. We really appreciate it. So until next time, keep your canteen cups full and tightly secured.